Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and today we are going to do a continuation of our conversation on credit. More specifically, we are going to talk about authorized users on credit cards. We're going to talk about what these are, as well as the benefits and the risks of having them. Now, I have two quick side notes before we hop into the intro. The first is that if I sound a little funny this week, it is because I had all four of my wisdom teeth taken out last week, and I still have some swelling in my gums. To head off any questions, yes, they still hurt, but you know what? I do this because I care. The next thing is that I'm going to have a guest come on the show within the next month to talk about a very hot topic that has been thrown around a lot lately in the financial media, inflation. Now, I'm going to have an episode to introduce the topic of inflation before we do that interview, but I want to let you all know in advance so that you can send me questions. Now, if you have questions on inflation or want to know what a professional investment analyst thinks about the topic and or current events, feel free to send those to me in an email or a tweet with your question and whether you'd like me to mention your name on the show. My contact links are in the description below. Now, let's roll the intro. You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... Alrighty, and today's episode is based off a comment on one of my recent YouTube videos. For those of you that do not know, these podcast episodes are also posted to YouTube every week. So, on the video from my credit episode a few weeks back, Sarah asked numerous questions regarding having authorized users on her credit cards. In fact, she asked so many questions that I decided to dedicate an entire episode to the topic. So, Sarah, let's go ahead and let's talk about the concepts of authorized users and then we're going to get into your more specific questions. An authorized user is essentially exactly what it sounds like. They are someone that you have reported to your credit card company or bank that you are giving permission or authorizing them to use your credit card. This does not make it their credit card, you're just giving them permission to use yours. The authorized user arrangement is essentially the same as if you gave your credit card to a friend or rather loaned it out to them. Say, for example, you're at a party and someone wants to make a run to a fast food restaurant to pick up some food. You hand your credit card to a friend and ask if they'll pick you up, you know, insert food items here. They take your card, go to the restaurant, buy you the food, and then come back with the food and give you your card back. What happened there was that you gave them your card and authorized them to use it. That is essentially how this whole process works, but with a couple extra steps. Typically, when you add an authorized user to your account, they will receive their own credit card with their name on it. Now, while their name is on the card, it is important to note that it is still your account and not theirs. As an account holder, you can typically add or take away authorized users whenever you want, but that is going to change depending on what credit card company you use. So let's talk about why authorized users are a thing in the first place. Typically, there is only one credit card issued per credit account. However, this can create some logistical issues. Say that you have a spouse and there is one credit card for the two of you. Well, if your spouse has a flat tire and needs to be towed to a mechanic, but you have the card, now there's going to be some kind of problem of, well, how do I get the credit card to them so that they can go and pay for the tow truck and the replacement tire? For another example, let's say you're a small business that involves sending employees and work trucks off to different job sites. 
If the business has a single credit card, it can create problems when there's one person who has to go and put gas in all the company trucks using the single business credit card. Something that would be very convenient is that if you can have multiple physical cards, but only one account. With authorized users, you can have one credit card account and multiple physical cards that are tied to that one account. In the case of the married couple, there can be one credit card, but each spouse has their own physical card that's tied to the same account. In the case of the small business, you could give each team their own company card, and then they can go and gas up the work trucks whenever they need to. Having authorized users has numerous benefits and several risks. The first benefit is that you remove the problem of figuring out who needs the card today, who needs the card tomorrow, and sort of trading off who has the physical card. The next thing that's kind of related to this is that if there are multiple cards but only one account, then it is much easier to track expenses and spending. Going back to the small business, if you give out 10 cards to the employees to use to put gas in their work trucks, the charges between all 10 of the cards get recorded together because it's the same account, just different physical cards. So from a budgeting perspective, it is much easier to track the spending on one statement as opposed to having 10 different statements and trying to put them all together. In the case of the married couple, if you're tracking your spending like you should be, or like I think you should be, then a couple could have one credit account, but two physical cards. That way, the spending for both spouses is tracked on the same account, and there's no need to go and, hey, did I track my purchases? Did I track their purchases? Etc., etc. It just makes life a little bit easier. Now, the cons of having an authorized user can be pretty rough. Remember that in most cases, having an authorized user means that those people essentially have a constant connection to your wallet. In the small business example, when you give a handful of employees a corporate credit card, you are introducing a level of risk that they decide to start picking up snacks and drinks while they're gassing up their trucks. The second thing to remember is that authorized users are not account holders. This means that the authorized user is not responsible for the charges that they make. It is your card, your account. The charges are your responsibility, regardless of who made the swipe. Because you authorize them to use it, you are authorizing all of the charges that they make. This is a very important thing to keep in mind. Now, we're going to revisit some of the risks of having an authorized user, but I want to change gears here at this point in the episode. Now, I know that you all have been listening so far, and I have not addressed the number one thing that probably most of you want me to talk about. I've avoided it up to this point, but let's go ahead and get into it. How many people use the authorized user system with credit cards is to help improve other people's credit scores. If you have a credit card and have a spouse, friend, or child that either has no credit or poor credit, you can actively help them establish their credit or improve their credit by adding them as an authorized user on your card. This works because when you add someone as an authorized user, most credit card companies and banks will report the entire history of that card on the authorized user's credit report. Now, that sounds a little weird, but let's put it this way. If you are a parent to a teenager and you want to establish credit for them before they go off to college, you can add your child as an authorized user. What this is going to do is put the entire history of that credit card onto your child's credit report. Say, for example, you have one card, let's say it's a Capital One credit card, that you've had for five years and have no late payments and a low balance history with the card. Well, when you add your child as an authorized user, a few things happen. The first is that they now have a credit report. This is called establishing credit. Second, they now have a five-year history showing on that report. Third, 
they now have a hopefully well-handled credit card on their report, which will get factored into their credit score, which they may not have had before. And now they either now have a new one or they now have a better one. So in one move, you have established your child's credit, given them a five-year history, and given them a credit score based on the history of that card. Not a bad combination, if you ask me. Now, a question that Sarah had was, why do the credit bureaus allow this? Is this technically, quote-unquote, cheating the system if someone else can take advantage of your history and use it to boost their score? After doing a little research, I honestly can't find a straight answer as to why this is allowed. If you'll permit me a minute to throw around my personal thoughts on the subject, I think it is because since an authorized user will have their own card on the account, they should be as responsible for the balance and credit utilization as the actual cardholder. Another assumption is that the authorized user is actively working with the cardholder to make sure that the charges and payments do not get out of control. Also, I think that this is the case because it is necessary to tie the quote-unquote credit fate of the authorized user and the owner of the card together. If you're an authorized user and have the card reported on your credit, if you mess up and overspend on someone else's card, your credit needs to also be affected by the negative actions that you did. Now again, those are my personal thoughts. And even with that logic, it doesn't explain why they don't just adjust the history so that the authorized user only gets credit for the amount of time that they're actually on the account. In other words, why do authorized users get the full credit history and not just the history starting from the time they were added to the account? I have two guesses for this. The first is there's an assumption that if you're being added as an authorized user, chances are that the cardholder has given you their card before, and therefore the authorized user is maybe partially responsible for that history in the first place. My second guess is that it's just going to be too much work for them. Keep in mind that just in America, the credit bureaus manage account information for over 250 million Americans. I think that it's a possibility that they just don't want to devote the time and the resources to adjust the history for authorized users. They probably just don't think it's that worth it. I'm going to remind you again that these are all my guesses and that I don't have the correct answer for you. And now we come to the third and final act of the episode. I tried to find some smooth ways to answer all of these questions without doing a straight-up Q&A session. But honestly, it would just add to the runtime of the episode, and I don't think it would add that much more value to the conversation. So now, while keeping all of that background that we've just covered in mind, let's address Sarah's remaining questions. Question one, what are the pros and cons of using the authorized user method of increasing someone's credit score? Well, the pro is easy. The authorized user gets an instant boost in their credit score and access to your credit line if they need it. Maybe you have a kid that is just starting to drive and you make them an authorized user so that you can give them a credit card to keep in the car for emergencies. You get peace of mind and they get a just-in-case credit card. The cons are that the authorized user now has a direct line to use your credit card. There's a possibility here that you give your teenager that credit card and they go and buy a fake ID and half of a liquor store. If you're going to do the authorized user thing to help someone with their credit, make sure it's someone you can explicitly trust. Because remember, the authorized user is not responsible for the charges. So it is 100% possible that you can add your friend as an authorized user, they get a card in the mail, then on the first day they run up $10,000 in charges. The next day you remove them as an authorized user. You are responsible for that $10,000. Authorized users are not legally responsible for the charges they make. 
Now, for my international audience, that is just the case in America. I do not know your local laws. You're going to need to Google that one. Authorized users aren't responsible because it is not their card. It is your card that you gave them the authorization to use. If they used it irresponsibly, that's on you as a decision thing and not on the credit company. You can probably go after them and sue them for the money, but that's a whole other rabbit hole that we're not going to cover here. So is there anything that you can do to lower the risk? Yes. My recommendation is this. If you're willing to add someone to your card as an authorized user, talk with them about it first and explain that you will not give them a card. Once the credit card company mails the card, make sure it's mailed to you and lock it in a safe. That way, the authorized user gets all of the credit reporting benefits and you have virtually no risk because they can't spend your money. Question two, is there a limit to how many authorized users you can have and is there an age limit to those authorized users? To be honest, I can't answer these. These questions are governed by each credit card company. Capital One may limit the amount of users you can have, Chase may not. Bank of America may have an age limit for authorized users, Discover may not. This is one that unfortunately I have to tell you that you gotta just look up on your own because the rules change depending on which card you have and which company that card is with. Question three, and this one I, I rather enjoyed because it acknowledges that underwriters exist, which makes me happy. Do underwriters see that the credit score is quote unquote artificial and that the card is not actually theirs but they're just an authorized user on it? Well, the answer here is yes. Now, it's not on the credit report in big and bold letters that says phony on it. It's a single letter. On a typical credit report, there is a single letter that is used as an identifier for each credit account. In most cases, credit card accounts have a letter I for an individual account. In the case of authorized users, that I isn't there. Instead, it's an A. And that A stands for authorized user. Now, does this really affect the value of adding someone as an authorized user to help their credit? Not really, no. First off, this is only seen if the person pulling their credit sees the full credit report and is not just looking at the score. And even then, seeing an A next to the account effectively does nothing. In most cases, it's the score that matters, and the score is going to reflect those authorized accounts. To summarize it in a sentence, in most cases, they can see that you're just an authorized user, but that typically doesn't affect the underwriting process outside of how your score is affected based on that account. Final question. Does having an authorized user on my card affect my credit score? The answer here is yes and no. Just the act of having an authorized user won't change anything. But remember that everything your authorized user does with the card does affect you. So if their charges lead to you carrying a balance on the card, it can boost your credit utilization ratio and hurt your credit. So their actions with the card can affect your score, but just the existence of an authorized user shouldn't affect anything. Now, while this wasn't a direct question, it was a comment mentioned in Sarah's original comment, and I do want to spend a minute to talk about it. She had mentioned adding her kids as authorized users on her credit cards and not telling them about it. In this way, she could, quote, give them the gift of good credit. Personally, I would recommend against this. Having kids as an authorized user on your card is, as I said earlier, a great way to establish credit for them. My objection is with the not telling them part of it. Maybe at first if you don't want to tell them for a little bit, but if we're talking about kids that are older than 15 or 16, I think you should tell them. Sit down with them and have a conversation about credit, credit reports, credit scores, how they're used, and then tell them your plan. Hey, I'm going to add you guys as an authorized user on my credit card, and here's what that is going to do for you. 
The final words I'm gonna leave you with on this topic is that when you add someone as an authorized user, you are affecting both parties' history for that account. So remember, if you add your kids as an authorized user and then start missing payments, you're gonna hurt their credit scores too. So it goes both ways. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and step down from my soapbox. Sarah, thank you so much for listening to the show and for sending me your questions. Remember that all of you can send me questions or episode ideas, and I'll do my best to respond to all of them. It is my goal with this podcast to spread financial literacy, so if there's something I can do to help or a specific topic that you all want me to talk about, all you got to do is let me know. And with that, I will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.